You are listening to a podcast produced by the Jackson School of International Studies and the Ellison Center for Russian, East European, and Central Asian Studies at the University of Washington. This and other podcasts can be found on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more information, visit us at jsis.washington.edu forward slash Ellison Center. Um, your constant generosity and support of our events. And good evening, everybody, and welcome uh, to uh, Monica Filimon's book launch. Um, first, I'd like to uh, introduce um, some of our guests, and uh, I'll go around the table. Uh, probably you know Alanis Jose, <laughs> who teaches film studies at uh, our university. Uh, next to him uh, is Ioana Flora, internationally acclaimed uh, actress, a versatile artist who is able to change genres and to adapt her acting to roles in films, in films for television and stage, with a long list of lead roles and exquisitely performed supporting roles. Uh, Ioana Flora played a lead role in Christy Puyu's uh, Stuff and Dough. Uh, that was selecting in 2001. She's, she's quoted in the book, actually. And she, <laughs> yes, and uh, I'm doing this presentation because all people here are somehow related <laughs> with Christy Puyo. Um, and so that was uh, the beginning, actually, of the new wave of Romanian cinema. And Seattle moviegoers know Iwana from uh, Adrian Sitaru's uh, movie, Domestic, that Arts presented in 2015. Next to her is Julia Rugina, uh, director um, of uh, Breaking News, highly praised by the reviewer of the Carlo Vivari International Film Festival, who said that she and her movie bears many of the impressive hallmarks of her nation's new wave, emotional maturity, a restrained naturalistic performance and shooting style, and an eye for the intimate moral conundrum that commands on a broader sphere of experience." End of quote. Next to Yulia, uh, Paul uh, Megoescu, a director whose most recent success to lottery tickets has broken all box office records for a Romanian film after 89, and we will screen this movie tomorrow evening and on Sunday, it's uh, two lottery tickets. He directed several short films that were awarded and selected in many international film festivals, including Cannes, Berlin, Carlo Vivari, and Rotterdam. And uh, our um, nice audience here uh, probably would like to learn something about uh, Monica as oh, yeah. well. Um, and I will start by saying Not that both Otilia, Arts President, and myself are, are honored <laughs> to have been mentioned by Monica in her acknowledgement section oh, yeah. of this book. It's wonderful, and thank you very much, uh, Monica. Um, it has been a wonderful collaboration between ARCS, American Romanian Cultural Society, the organizer of the Romanian Film Festival in Seattle since 2015, 14? 15? 14. 14. 14. Yeah, now in the fourth edition. And Monica, the film critic, writer, <laughs> scholar, professor, and wonderfully supportive yeah. friend. Monica teaches at CUNY, writes articles on European cinema, among them an early one 
I read uh, recently, published in 2005, is a wonderful chapter in the book called Zola and Film, The Art of Adaptation. <laughs> That's the first one I ever wrote yes. in the United States. Uh, and she also writes for the online magazine Cineast, America's leading magazine on the art and politics of the cinema. Yeah, it's printed too. Yes. And printed. there, in 2012, she published a review of Tuesday After Christmas, directed by Radu Montan. She also drew film critics' attention all over the world when she wrote a thoroughly researched and moving epitaph for um, Christian Nemescu, uh, the Romanian director who died too young, yet who had enough time to make the great uh, film California Dreaming. Yes, that was actually the first film review I ever wrote for Sinas, the yeah. Nemescu one. The panels and conferences, her papers she presents, uh, all demonstrate her scholarly dedication to promoting the understanding of Romanian cinema, where it comes from, why it confronts viewers around the world with a reality that's larger than a cultural context, thus facilitating a universal meaning. Her interests are quite comprehensive, from contemporary European and American literature and film to Latin American cinema, from public sphere theory and violence to genre theory and naturalism in film and literature. Monica's uh, clear and sharp style will conquer you. And I promise you, you will read the book in one sitting. I did that <laughs> twice. Why? What's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, first, and I will tell you when I did both uh, readings. <laughs> it is a book that tells us how Puyu ended up becoming the father of the new Romanian cinema. Uh, uh. Explains why some Romanian film critics are wrong when they judge Puyu's achievements. Examines the peculiar style of Puyu's aesthetics engaging contemporary history. And it also recreates the historical, political, and ideological context of Puyu's films. She is not shy at criticizing Romanian reality, historians, old school critics, and most importantly, her arguments are sound. And by the end of her book, you'll have learned much more about Romania and Romanian films than you had expected. Her argument that Puyus films are tools, instruments of investigating reality, and not ends in themselves, is quite compelling. She has an intellectual affinity with Puyu, as you can see from the extensive interview in the second half of the book. The subtitle of the book highlights a concept that Puyu uses in his interview several times, ineffable. It is the key for understanding not only his cinema, but the reality that prompted it. And uh, so probably I should tell you um, when I read the first um, time the book, I was reading the book before uh, Sierra Nevada was finished, when you sent me the uh, Word document. Now, I reread it, and I will see the film uh, in two days. Mm -hmm. In a way, I feel lost, because I don't have Monica's leading thread <laughs> yet. I am happy that I was given the instruments to be an informed viewer of the film. So please come see Sierra Nevada and um, join me in welcoming Monica. Thank you. So about Sierra Nevada, uh, I did publish a review of Sierra Nevada and Graduation when they come, came out um, in the Cineast magazine. In, so I can send you that link. You don't need to feel lost. Um, thank you. That, that was too much, frankly, and the, too many titles. 
Um, I, my interest was initially in melodrama, and my dissertation um, was on um, the influence of melodrama in cinema in uh, authoritarian regimes. And I think the I was born in 1976. Um, I did experience the communist regime a little bit, and I think that experience stays with people for a long time, or at least with some people. Um, and I did not intend um, to study Romanian cinema at all. It was just it just happened. Um, when I finished the dissertation, as everybody who has finished it and who is or who is writing it. You get tired of it. You don't want to see it. I, I, you know, I wanted to do something else. Um, by that time, um, it was 2011. People had already uh, acknowledged the new Romanian cinema. I had already started writing reviews just because I wanted to get away from the melodrama of <laughs> melodrama. Um, so it was sort of a natural, you know. <coughs> You know, being Romanian is not enough. You need to have more in order to write a book, I think. Um, but I, I want to, to say a little bit about how there are certain things in your life that are beyond your control, and that uh, in, in some degree I agree with you, in some degree I don't, and I think he, uh, he knows that. Um, when I was young in Romania. I did a master's at the um, University of Bucharest, and that's how I know Mihaela Prikup, because we were in the same program. Yes, um, and um, we had a colleague who was working in the Romanian press, and one, <coughs> of, one time she said, you know, I know this guy, he's releasing a new movie, would you like to come and see it at Cinema Studio? I'm like, no. It was in September 2001. And I said, I don't want to see any of the Romanian cinema. I wasn't even studying Romanian cinema. I was working in advertising. My master's thesis is in advertising. Um, I, you know, Romanian cinema is all about, you know, people screaming against the communist regime. It's too loud. It's too, I'm going to show this. Uh, it's either too loud, an indictment of uh, communism, or it's something, you know, uh, that uh, um, Romanian critic Valerian Sava called the gutter cinema. Uh, it's too much sex, sex and violence. I'm not going to see anything. So I didn't go to see the film. And the film was Christy Puyu's Stuff and Dao, <laughs> which was released for a very limited time, I think for only two weeks, in, um, because he, he was uh, undermined, the company undermined the release of the film that they produced. Um, so I, I missed it. And then the second uh, meeting with the cinema, with the Romanian cinema, was because my sister bought uh, the DVD of uh, the death of Mr. Lazarescu long after it was it had been launched. I wasn't following Romanian cinema at all, and my sister said, "I have this DVD. You know, we bought it. Let's watch it." And I said, ah, "It's Romanian cinema. I'm not watching. It. It's not good." So my and my sister insisted, and I ended up liking the film. She ended up saying, "This is a boring film." <laughs> Um, and then I said, let's watch the interview, because it was released, I think, by Tartan, Tartan something like that. And there's an interview of, of Christy Puyu the first time um, I saw him. I, I think it was 2005 or 2000, no, 2006 or seven, something like that. Um, so we watched the interview, 
And I said, ah, oh, somebody who knows something about cinema, <laughs> I should follow this guy. So that's how you know certain things in your life are, are sort of beyond your control, I think. Um, and in 2011, when I finished with the dissertation, I said, okay, I don't know anybody in Romania. I'm just going to Google their production houses. I knew as much that they had their own production houses and see who is going to respond. So I Googled and I emailed. My project was to write a book about uh, the new Romanian cinema and to have three basic chapters, one on Puyu, one on Porumboyu, and one on Munjiu, but to have an interview from, uh, with each of them and an interview with at least one producer because one chapter would have been on the historical um, background, historical and cultural background of the new Romanian cinema. So I Googled and I emailed, and the first person to respond within five days was uh, Christy Puyu's um, assistant, <coughs> Raluca Paduraru, and she said, this is his cell phone, call him. I was like, okay, fine, I'll call him. This is not going to work, but I'll call him. So um, I did call him and he said, well, where are you? Can you come? He said, in two hours. I'm saying, I'm, not, I'm in a different city, I can't. <laughs> so, but I did take a train uh, to Bucharest, I think a few days later, and we did meet. It was shortly after the, not shortly, two years after the release of Aurora, uh, a film in which he plays the murder, and I, I, it's my favorite film so far. I like Sierra Nevada, but so far I sort of prefer that or for that, uh, Aurora for other reasons. Um, so I went uh, and we had a f about four hours and a half conversation. Uh, and if anybody has met him and has had a conversation with him, the first thing that he does is say, no, you're not right or whatever I was saying, I was not right. And then it changed. Uh, and that convinced me. And then the, the other people responded, I think, a few years later, because I persevered, because I'm stubborn that way. Um, and then a friend of mine, so I, I wrote the first chapter on the new Romanian cinema on the historical background. And a friend of mine said, um, this is a link to the University of Illinois Press. Uh, maybe it would be interesting for you to submit something. And uh, the series, as you can see, is a series on contemporary film directors. And I wrote something in about a week because I said, I'm going to submit this. They're going to reject it, but they will tell me why. And then I can write a better um, proposal. I'm gonna, going to take this as an exercise. So I didn't pay attention to deadlines. Or, OK, you want a deadline? Fine. Deadline, the deadline is August the 1st, 2015. The submission was in 2014. I had not written anything about him. I was just starting. So the proposal got accepted. And then what do you do then? So I had to write it very, very fast. It is uh, less polished than I would have liked it to be. Um, the interview um, is, in fact, heavily edited um, because I met with him, I think, for three years in a row. Every summer I go to Romania, so I met with him once every summer. Um, and I had, by the end, when I transcribed everything, about 150 pages in Romanian. I wasn't going to translate that much. 
And they, anyway, they wanted an interview that was no longer than 30 pages. And that was very, very limited, L limiting to me and very limited to, you know, it's 30 pages, about one-fifth of what I had. Um, and I'm not particularly good at interviews. I had a list, it was the, not the first time, but it was the first time doing this kind of thing. I had a list of questions and then um, I mostly listened to what he was saying and engaging in a, engaged in a di dialogue with him. Now, the question was why Puyu, why not one of the other pe two people, Munjiu, who had been, at least had gained more prizes by then, um, and Porumboyu, who was also um, an important figure in Romanian cinema. And um, I think it was primarily because it was, um, he was the first to do something that was different uh, in Romanian cinema. And that was to pay attention to the details of, to be faithful to what he could perceive in uh, the people around him and in the realities around him. Um, and it wasn't just an aesthetic turn, I call it an aesthetic turn in Romanian cinema. Um, it was, I think, a philosophical term, uh, a philosophical turn, um, and I think as far as he's concerned, um, uh, and he's the most articulate in this respect of um, the people I have interviewed, um, Cinema is more than an aesthetic tool for him. It is, I did not come up with the, it's a tool for I investigation. Know. This is his own idea. Um, and his uh, vision of cinema has changed from cinema as a way of um, uh, interrogating life, investigating life, uh, to cinema being a form of testimony, uh, we, he calls it marturisire, the Romanian word is, you can translate it as testimony and confession in English, it's not a perfect translation. Um, and I think the latest one is that um, he hasn't uh, articulated it as much, but I think he, what he perceives cinema to be is a way uh, of uh, inspiring a form of epiphany in the viewer for the ineffable. and the. I think the most that we argued against each other was about that, because I don't believe in God, and he does. So that was not, it's, it was not easy for me to understand why, and I think it wasn't easy to articulate why, and I, I'm sort of stubborn from time to time, I guess. So um, one, because why Puyu, because I think, um, he looks at cinema in a different way than other people have looked at cinema. Um, Staff and Doe um, had a lot of uh, issues when it was released. Romanian critics did not perceive it as a good film. They thought it was bad because he was using a handheld camera. And why do you film people as if you were filming a wedding? I think these were some of the things that uh, appeared in the press at the time, of which I did not know anything, although I was living in Romania. Um, it was a film, he says that only 60% of what he wanted to do appeared in this film. But I think Joana Flora knows much more than this than, about this than, than I do, the about the stuff and the... 40%? Uh, I remember the, indeed the experience because it was something so new. Mm -hmm. that actually, people didn't recognize it being art. Mm -hmm. 
they were like, oh, we improvised for half of a day something, and uh, it really looks nice. But we, uh, I mean, we didn't receive, uh, receive the, the, the amount of work behind this. Mm -hmm. On the script, first of all, which was completely amazing and completely new and fresh and mm -hmm. a way of expressing uh, which, which we didn't see before in the yes. movies. And then um, uh, working with him, which for me was a, a lesson, acting lesson for the rest of my career, because he knew so well what is, what is there to be done and what is there not to be done at all uh, as, as an acting in the movies. And so the whole process was, was like three weeks rehearsing and then rehearsals and then for a month uh, shooting the film. And it was really, we were amazed when, when colleagues were like asking about this improvisation, like mm -hmm. one day improvisation. And it was really kind of, oh, it did a nice work. Mm -hmm. and so it took a while. I, I, I was reading a, um, Alex Lauscherband's uh, review about this. He, he was the first and the only one who understood the, 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 what there's, there's, there's something going on mm -hmm. that's, that's going to change the things. Uh, but the rest of them really were like, mm, what is this? Mm -hmm. I, can I have something? I, I've not seen the film, but what you're describing sounds very reminiscent of the Dogma 95 movement in Denmark. To what extent was he? Yes, he hates Dogma 95. He says that's not how you can. It seems like it, yes. Uh, uh, he says that that's not how you make films. You know, you don't have a list of things that you have to follow. I think he uh, he perceives cinema as being much more intuitive, but he has a very trained eye and he knows very well what he wants to do and where. From what I can perceive from outside. Yeah. But Indeed, he also believes in the fact that you, you can't have music when there is not. On yeah. Radio yeah. Yeah. Or like natural light with electric yeah, natural yeah, light. Yeah, yeah. Or the camera as being a, a, a part of a, a witness. witness. A witness of, a, of, a, yeah. of an event and uh, yes, very naturalistic. Yes. That's true. Yes, we had a discussion about dogma, and he said, no, that's not, you know, that's too uh, schematic and too programmatic, and it looks too much like propaganda. That's not how you make films. Even so though it sounds like he was having it's, his own rules. I, I think the, resu the results are similar, yeah. but yes. Uh, um, so I would say, I will say just one thing because I, I will review something about two lottery tickets that it has an in joke uh, somewhere in the middle of the film. But maybe the maybe the director would like to say something about the in joke. Two of the main uh, protagonists. Yes, these two. Are these two. Are also the main protagonists. Uh, main protagonists in. Uh, two lottery tickets. In yeah. Stuff and those and mm -hmm. uh, doing a scene in a car on a on a on a road. They talk about the. Romanian uh, old cinema films. Mm -hmm. and uh, about the fact that the Romanian new films are bad because this is the impression of most of the mm -hmm. uh, Romanians and Alexander uh, Papadopoulos. Uh, I mean, this guy who is the main, who is the protagonist in Stuff and Dog. Yeah, he says he that he watched the film few days ago on TV about uh, two guys who... He says he watched a stupid film. A stupid film, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> about two guys who uh, deliver a bag of drugs from Constanza to... And, yes, and the other 
actor, right, uh, Dragos Pukur, is in the same car in two lottery tickets and is the other guy of the, in the stupid film. So both of them are in the car and he says it's just a, it's just a stupid film. You know, Romanians are not good at, at making films at all. And I don't know how that was on the set, but, uh, you know, I, I felt that they were really la laughing. I mean, it wasn't even, they were so out of it. While we were rehearsing, we, we were trying to make a joke. Mm -hmm. It came out as a joke, yes. It, um, so w w the reason I'm saying this is that this film is almost a cult film for uh, Romanian mm -hmm. cinema. Um, and um, it was the first time that, uh, the first time, uh, the first time that a Romanian uh, decided to use a handheld camera, and that's why he was a lot criticized a lot. It was the first time that you could hear people swearing for real in a movie, and that was another big, big thing. You know, in a movie, you should you should talk in nice sentences, not uh, as you talk on the street. And he told me, you know, I met this guy from the neighborhood, who said, "What the, what? Are, why are they talking like that in the movie?" Even the people in the street who were talking like the people in his movie told him, "Why? What the heck would you have people in the movie talking like us?" Um, so, uh, <clears throat> but I think his philosophy more and more is that the closer you are to what you can perceive, the more faithful you are to something that goes beyond of what the naked eye can see in terms of uh, material existence. And he said that that what transpires is something of divine nature um, and that it is not the same for everybody. Everybody has a, a different way of perceiving things. Uh, but that if, he says, if I have done my job well and if the actors have been present at the moment and uh, not you know, thinking of other non-related issues to the film, then that moment will feel authentic and will go beyond the screen. And uh, that's where the, uh, the spectators can recognize it. Um, let me see if I, I have it somewhere, right. And uh, I, this is a quote from the interview. He has, he gives, he talks a lot. He gives a lot of interviews. Uh, and he, he says, you know, sometimes I get tired of repeating the same thing, but you have to. Um, but he says, he says this about the ineffable. I think that people who have indeed seen my films have seen a thing I have seen myself, and it is something that belongs to the ineffable, the unrepeatable. I'm referring to small fragments of things, a look, a just timing, a gesture, a word here and there, glimpses of the ineffable. That is all. Uh, so it's a, it's a form of understanding. I, more and more to me, it seems that it's a form of understanding one's own mortality, uh, one's own limited nature, and with that, the awareness of something beyond one's limited nature that is much more important to life in general. As I've said, I realized that I'm, I realized the degree to which I am an agnostic when I was talking to him about the ineffable and what goes beyond. Uh, um, the second film that really launched um, the new Romanian cinema, to some degree, is uh, The Death of Mr. Lazarescu, 2005, that won the Uncertain um, Regard uh, Prize at Cannes. Uh, it was a film that was almost not made. 
Um, in 2004, he won uh, the Berlin um, Golden Bear for a short cigarettes and coffee. Um, and um, because of the way in which the film industry is regulated in different countries, the older generation wants to stay in power and tries everything they can to stay in power. The new generation wants its own place. I'm sure now uh, I've seen an interview with the director Negoescu about the same thing, you know, how do you find money for young people who want to produce their own film? It's very difficult. Um, so uh, the Romanian cinema, um, now less so, but at that time it was heavily supported by the Romanian state. Um, and you had to submit a project, and it went into a competition. And of course, people who won the competition were people who had always had money to make movies. Um, and the new directors, uh, Puyu, Munjiu, um, uh, Giurgiu, revolted against this in the early 2000s. There's a famous and infamous interview uh, on Marius Tuka show, which was a famous show at the time in Romania with Puyu and Munjiu and Sergiu Nicolaescu <laughs> online, and I recommend it where at some point Nicolaescu does say you should, you should shut up or something like that. Uh, the older... Um, the old, Sergio Nicolaescu is the most famous uh, filmmaker during communism, uh, the one who has made the highest number of films during communism. Most of them are nationalistic propaganda uh, tools, uh, melodramatic and sort of big um, Hollywood cinema style. Uh, and he continued to make the, those kind of movies. I think he died a few years yeah. ago. I think I know he died a few years ago. I don't know exactly when. So, um, so they, uh, you know, the Romanian, the young directors revolted, uh, and the only one who never, who did not get money to make the new film was Puyu. And he insisted he they he eventually they ended up uh, talking to the Ministry of Culture at the time, Razvan Teodorescu, and they told him, you know, I at least that's that's what he tells me. Uh, but I think it's true to some degree. Um, they insisted and said, look, it's the first the first person who ever got a, a, a prize since 1965 when Romania won Best Director at Cannes. Um, 2004, there were two people, Puyu won Golden Bear and uh, Mitulescu uh, won uh, uh, the Palm Door for traffic for a short. These were the first two people since 1965 and eventually uh, uh, the Ministry of, Minister of Culture gave him money and that's how he made the death of Mr. Lazarescu at the last time. Um, and the death of Mr. Lazarescu launches this new aesthetic, handheld camera, long takes, um, Camera as a witness. Uh, in the interview, Puyu explains that looking at the film now, I see that it's a failure. And I say, what do you mean it's a failure? Uh, and he said, because the camera is present everywhere and it gives the impression of omnipresence, and that's not true. People's um, uh, ability to perceive things, people's ability to relate to others is very limited and that camera uh, is fooling the, the viewer. That's why uh, his following films, Aurora and Sierra Nevada, are filmed from a static perspective. It's still a witness. You can sense that it is somebody there, but the camera is not handheld this time. It's a steady cam. It pans left and right, but it doesn't move. Um, it's not a tracking shot anymore, and it started with Aurora. Um, 
why does he make these kind of films? Um, my impression is that at heart, he's not a fiction filmmaker, he's a documentary filmmaker. Um, but he, I know people will not agree with me, but I do think he's a shy person and he has repeatedly said it's very difficult to enter into somebody's life, impose your presence to do a documentary uh, film the way I would like to do it. I cannot do it. I've tried it once, and I'll get back to that. I've tried it once, it's very difficult. But he says, fiction gives me this ability to reconstruct with the tools of fiction something that is documentary in nature, or more so than a fiction film. Um, and he says, you know, um, there's a whole discussion in the uh, Romanian um, film criticism about the influence of André Bazin and, uh, and realism on, on Puyu's work. There's a famous book um, that's called uh, Things That Cannot Be Told Otherwise, from André Bazin to Christy Puyu. Um, and he says that's not, I read André Bazin's watch cinema, I was not interested in it. Um, the reason I I'm attracted to cinema the way uh, I am is because uh, it's a tool that at the same time um, that, that it, it can record history as it is lived and I'm interested in history. Um, and he says, you know, I'm not somebody who stays in an ivory tow uh, tower. Uh, I'm somebody who, uh, I'm quoting him, him here, I, you know, I went out to protest against the communist regime. Uh, I started cinema because I wanted to reflect something of people's lives in uh, the aftermath of a communist regime. Um, another, so he starts this new aesthetic turn. It's a new way of, uh, it's a new philosophical uh, way of looking at cinema. And I think another important um, contribution that he made to Romanian cinema, um, and I know he will hate uh, that I say that, is that um, he looked at, and Jana Flora can say much more than I do, he, he looks at acting in a different way, I think, and he has a different way of working with actors. I have never seen him on the set. Mm -hmm. um, he did comment on what people call him on the set. He's very much aware <laughs> of that. <laughs> Uh, How do they call them? I, I don't want to say it. Oh. Um, but he's... He's very precise in what yeah. he wants and in what he doesn't want. Mm -hmm. And it matches... In, uh, this thing it is a mission. I, I'm, I'm curious to, to, to see what... What, what he's... About. Yes. Uh, no, I, I, me, myself, I'm also very uh, addicted to this kind of playing, like, like being a part of a documentary. When I do, on the part that I do, I always try to seek something that would be so natural that it's not an acting almost. Mm -hmm. So it's what it works for Christy Puyo also, that, that the actor is a part of his documentaristic uh, mm -hmm. way of saying the, the things. Mm -hmm. So working with an actor is also being, being there, mm -hmm. uh, not doing too much, of course, as you do in the movies, but, but, but break those, 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 those lines between life and, and, and acting. Mm -hmm. I, I, that's what I like also about it, mm -hmm. because it's always like I'm, I'm me myself. I'm, I'm searching for this uh, ambi ambiguity. Ambiguity. Yes, that mm -hmm. he, he he used to tell us that life is like this, and uh, 
the reactions are like this, one is what you think, and the other one is what you think, is what you do, and what you say, it never mm -hmm. matches together. Mm -hmm. like, so you have to find the, the invisible line between, uh, in, in, in the back of the line that you're saying. What mm -hmm. is it about? If you say, for example, do you, there was a line when she, uh, in the movie, uh, I tell Papadopoulos, do you also um, use the Ranja de Courant? Does the draft bother you? Yes. The draft. And he told me, like, you, you have to ask him that if you also like a uh, uh, silken de, de suit. <laughs> 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 so it's yeah. something else be behind and the people feel it, that it's about something else, you're talking about something, but it's about something else. So this is a kind of a tra mm -hmm. tracking the, the, the character and the intentions of the character. And yeah. it's not the character, it's like more the intention after an intention and after an intention. So that's how you create the whole, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. I, I, I like it very much. I like it very much. But, but he's very precise. You can't, you can't stand in front of him. <laughs> he, yes. he knows best. You know, he knows the best what to do, and he's very uh, vocal about it. Yes, <laughs> I can't. I can't believe much. that. <laughs> yeah, he. It's his way. But I, I always said in my interviews that I prefer somebody who, who knows so well how to guide, and even if, he, if he's more like uh, I don't know, choleric. Uh, than to somebody who, who is very nice and kind to me but doesn't know what he wants to do with his movie. So I always forgive mm -hmm. uh, this kind of uh, expressing yourself because I see this quality behind it. He's very straightforward and frankly that's what uh, that's what I admi I admired a lot about it. It wasn't very comfortable at certain moments, but uh, I admired the straightforwardness. I don't like people who don't tell you what they think, and he definitely tells you what he thinks. Uh, but in, you know, getting back to um, the acting, um, you can look at this quote here. Um, he has taught acting in Romania, and he has been. Um, um, co-opted at least twice in these um, acting workshops in France. And in 2012, he put together uh, these three exercises of interpretation, a film um, that is not really a film. He had a group of 12 actors um, going to a workshop in Grenoble, I think it was, uh, that was called, uh, titled Actor, Character, Author. And he said, you know, we can do exercises, empty exercises, or we can just try to make a movie. And he gave all of them a sort of a script, but they were uh, uh, free to improvise. And the script or, was based on a 1900 um, Russian philosopher, Vladimir Solovyov. And if you read it, it's sort of incomprehensible at first. So what can you improvise? So there are three, four grou uh, three groups of four actors improvising on the same script. And uh, at the core, the script is about the existence of God and how God is perceived by different types of people. Um, and the one chapter in the book, the book has 10 chapters. One is about his sort of film philosophy. One is about the historical bio, um, background, historical cultural background of the new Romanian cinema and the rise of Christy Puyu. <laughs> Um, and then eight chapters are all based on um, the films he has made, including this one, by that time. 
Um, there is a very brief chapter on Sierra Nevada, um, but it's brief because the deadline for the book was August the 1st, 2015, and I saw a preview of Sierra Nevada on uh, July 27th, 2015. So uh, it was, it's really based on that, and it's not even the, what the final product ended up being. Um, so he says, uh, that's, that's what he told me. He says, the, an actor should be there present without any fear and without any kind of um, inhibition regarding what he or she can do in front of the camera because the actor, he keeps saying the actor is protected by the character. Um, and he quotes Jean um, Eustache, La Maman and La Putain, there's a line there, it's very famous, at least it's very famous to me now, that the actor needs to be there and speak, be himself or herself, but speak with the words of another. That's what he says all the time. And he says that if, I don't know how that is you know, transformed in the direct uh, instructions to the uh, to actors, I can't, uh, I haven't seen him working. Um, but he says this, if acting makes any sense, then to me this is it. Acting is not a profession, it is a mission. The actor is the messenger of a higher truth, but for this truth to take a form, the actor must give in. You, I don't know if what you know wh how that translates into instructions. Uh, he argues that um, once everybody is really mentally involved in what is going on, then that part of the beyond, that part of um, the other presence, become comes through sort of a metaphysical explanation, comes through uh, and the viewers can see it. Um, okay, uh, this is the, the first uh, document, the first film he made in Romania. Um, I forgot to say, he's an outsider. He was not trained in the Romanian film school. He was trained in Geneva, came back in 1996, Six. I think. Um, and he, the first film he made in Romania was a um, documentary project at a retirement home um, in Craiova. They were uh, together with Andrea Paduraru. Um, and they went and just filmed people's lives in this retirement home. And the most... Um, impressive scene is the last, I think it's a very good documentary, but it has never, it's been released in Romania, not anywhere else. The last scene uh, is a scene in which um, uh, one of the attendees washes an older patient. This is the, uh, a shot from that scene, washes an older patient um, who is paralyzed. And it's, it's a very, very impressive scene. Um, he said it was the beginning of the death of Mr. Lazarescu. There's a similar scene at the end of uh, the death of Mr. Lazarescu in which the, um, one of the nurses, who is actually the wife of the actor, washes the Mr. Lazarescu in the same way. Um, and I think that was, the, in a way, a meeting with mortality, with death, with the decay of the human body. My argument is that the... Um, the haptic quality of the image, the image is almost, you can feel what's going on on your own skin, that that hep, uh, haptic quality uh, uh, touches the, um, the viewer um, and stays with you. Um, 
he there's a long inter I mean there's a part of the inter uh, in the interview about how he filmed this scene um, and why this is the closest to a documentary that you can have because in Romania when you go to film something in, this was done in 1998 people were still attuned to the practices of filming something in communism and in communism everything was staged so when they went to film into this uh, retirement home, everybody staged everything and they wanted to film the washing of a patient. So the administration arranged it. You know, it was a nice patient. Uh, there was a nice clean uh, bed linen. Everything was, you know, everything was well painted. And the uh, camera operator did not film what um, Christy Puyu wanted. They, wa they saw, he saw it, he got angry and said, we have to go back and they went back you know, it was during the weekend, there were no, you know, managers there, nobody, and they just went in, they asked people, can we film? And they really got to this person. Um, and who, he says this, you know, people are, Puyu says this, people are themselves in front of the camera, they don't change their personalities, in two uh, situations, yes. Uh, one is when they are protected by a great love, so they don't care what other people see. And the other time when people are themselves is when they are close to dying, because they really don't protect their own image. They don't think of who they are or how they are perceived by others in front of a camera. Uh, and he says, you know, that's what I'm looking for, that moment when the person, when the actor doesn't look for um, for an image, for a particular image, but becomes um, himself or herself. Um, I will let you, this is the whole discussion about how the camera perverts the, the observed object. And I will get to the ending now. Um, this is the Aurora, I think a film that will is less appreciated than I think it should be. It, it's a film that works on multiple levels. It's about a murder. Uh, but Puyu has always said, you know, we say that the, we use the same words to say the author of a crime and the author, the, you know, to refer to the murder and the author of a text. And he says that's not by mistake because any author has does some form of violence to reality because that author selects certain things from reality and imposes his own order on things. And that is a violent order that is always retrospective um, and it's never attuned to what has been observed, but it's always um, attuned to what people think they, had, they saw at a particular moment in time. Um, he plays uh, the, ma the main character. Um, this is a, I'm gonna let it uh, play a little bit. Um, this is the final scene when he says, uh, goes and, and um, gives himself in to the police. Um, he's very, the person in the film is very precise. He's an engineer. There's a whole discussion of the importance of engineers in Romania after communism because communism produced engineers um, for an industry that disappeared. And at the end of this scene, he is asked to write a confession and he is given a paper but not a pen. 
and he says, can I have a pen? And in, in cinema, uh, the idea of an author is very much association, associated with the cinema stilo. <coughs> the author, the director as the author of uh, a film in the same way in which writers have been authors of films. So, you know, thinking of multiple levels, um, everything he says is a direct reference to cinema as well, especially in this last scene. Um, and what it means to make a film, what it means to select from reality, how much people can really select and put things in a logical order, whether logic can be attached to reality or whether reality goes beyond the logic. Um, even the setting for people who do cinema, um, this is um, a reference to uh, film noir and how people were interviewed in film noir uh, in the 1940s. There are other uh, self there are other references to cinema in uh, Aurora. <clears throat> and this is the famous line, I think, that comes. And I, I think it is important to who he is. I do think that here he talks with the viewers directly, you know. You think you understand what I'm telling you, and I get scared, but you don't. I know in the interviews I had to uh, always uh, pay attention uh, if I were to say I understand, because he would say, no, you don't, and that would be a big thing. So he, at least that was my experience. It's also, if you look at the character, it's also the author as an observer of reality, as a very keen observer. Uh, you know, is it really possible to explain something, to why somebody killed somebody? famous can I have a pen line? That, that's a very um, that's the excellent Yeah, it is. It is. It, and it's um, when I asked him that I did not intend these references to cinema. They just happened. There's another reference to the first, you know, the arriving of a train in the Ciotat uh, train station. 
there's a way in which he films the train station uh, that to me is very similar and I told him and he said yeah we noticed that after we edited the film but that's not something that we intended so The, the scene, and I haven't seen this film either, and when I haven't seen the film, I'm, I'm always reaching for comparisons. Uh, but um, the, the way that you're describing it and the way that the acting and the, um, the long take is working reminds me a bit of, um, of a Basquiat Stami, uh, particularly yes, the favorite he... film of his, Close Up, which is all about uh, a crime, and it's using uh, some of the actual people who were involved in it that are also acting within it. Um, it's it's uh, and it's also about how you can never quite really determine exactly what happened. Yeah, he um, he mentions Kiarostami as one of his um, favorite filmmakers. Um, there are others, but it's the same kind of uh, obs observance of reality in a way to catch something that goes beyond reality. Yeah. And it, um, uh, I will leave you with this form of um, with this final line that cinema is a form of testimony in which he says cinema is a way of telling somebody else what you have experienced in your life. Um, I like especially the last line. This is my own vision at this particular moment about the world and cinema. And that has stayed with me because everything is this, our particular vision at this moment in time in this particular place about life. Thank you very much, Monica. Yeah, that was a little bit longer than I anticipated. And um, I will open the floor for a couple of questions, comments. And of course, she will sign the book um, that uh, we are launching today. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Yeah. For me, it was amazing that uh, she chose Puyu's uh, I didn't. Photo. I didn't. You didn't? We, we had he a did? long conversation about which and I wanted a photo this. from the Sierra Nevada shot. <laughs> But this is a, sh a photo from the death of Mr. Lazarescu, yeah. from the set of the death of Mr. Uh, Lazarescu. I can see the ambulance, um, yeah. But I, it's again an ambiguous gesture. Is he doing this because yeah. he wants us to be silent or he himself wants to be silent? And just Yeah, no, he, he was very, we had a long conversation about which photo to choose. Uh -huh. um, I had two preferences. One uh, is one from Aurora, where the, you can see only half of his face, and that's uh -huh. the famous, I think, uh, poster for Aurora in Europe. Yeah. And I had another preference from the set of um, Sierra Nevada, but he ended up choosing this one. So. Okay. I went to this one. And he also comments? chose this, the, the cover. The cover? Mm -hmm. Yes, this is also his choice, it's not mine. Oh, so he's in control. <laughs> I let, uh, you know, when you have to deal with For copyright, <laughs> when yeah, you deal with copyright, yes, I know. I don't. You have to sign so many, th and especially in American uh, bureaucracy. Yeah. Uh, the funniest thing was that you have to go through a uh, IRB, the uh, a process through which you have to do some training so that you prove that you are not torturing your subjects. And yeah, after animal and human yes, animal and human experiments. Yeah. And after going through twenty workshops online, I had to produce a paper, a contract that he had to sign, in which I said that I would not torture you, and if you feel intimidated by me, we can take a break every hour, a break for ten minutes. 
um, I mean, the, the absurdities are far beyond that. <coughs> so, yeah. So, uh, yeah, he looked at me the first time, oh, okay. So, yeah, I, it's difficult to explain people that the power relationship is not me torturing the subject. We have a question. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I, ha I, I didn't know much about him, so I, have, I don't know whether it's a superficial question. You mentioned he's an outsider to the mm -hmm. Armenian cinema, yeah. and you mentioned his experience as, as an education outside mm -hmm. Romania. So mm -hmm. how does this experience influence his Um. First of all, the, from what I've understood, I'm not uh, uh, director Negoescu is teaching at the Romanian Film School right now, and I think things are changing from what I, I can perceive. From out, I'm an outsider too. Uh, but he told me this, I did not come out of the film school with the corset that the Romanian uh, filmmakers uh, have, because from what I understand, um, it was, um, there were lots of, uh, professors who had their own old ways of doing things during communism. They were very much influenced by the Russian cinema because of the Eastern Bloc. And when he did his cinema studies in Geneva, his influences are um, um, American cinema. One of his favorite filmmakers is uh, John Cassavetes and Frederick Weissman. Um, so in a sense, he was attuned to a different kind of sensibility being outside than the sensibility that people were, um, let's say, acquiring in the Romanian film school. That's what I understand, but I think uh, they can tell you much more than, than, that, than that. I, I didn't go to the film school in Romania, and my, my uh, answer is very superficial, frankly, to look at it. Yeah. But he, he can tell you more about why Romanian film cinema has. He, uh, does didn't have, he told me this, you know, if you want to do cinema in Romania in the early 2000s, you had to be either a very good graduate or very famous graduate of the film school or connected with the film critics or connected to the film industry in some form. He told me a third thing that I forget. Uh, and, he, and he said I was none of these things. Uh, and it was difficult to yeah, get in. Right. I'm right? <laughs> He's right. I'm, I'm just channeling. <laughs> Probably he was also considering himself an outsider because uh, he initially wanted to become a painter. And so yeah, the yeah. visual aspect is quite important to him. He did not pursue that career because it was boring. <laughs> so yeah. moving pictures well, actually made more he sense he than um, he uh, is pictures. He is painting. He yeah. is, yeah, he is yeah. painting. He, he does that too. Uh huh. Yeah. And I was wondering, what is his opinion about your book? He hasn't read it. <laughs> <laughs> so this, this. No, I gave him the. I gave him. So um, I, I like people to know what I'm doing, and I don't like to, uh, you know, to attack people behind their backs or not attack people behind their backs. So. I perceived it as a collaborative project. And he had every, I sent him every chapter, not every chapter, when I finished it, I sent him the first draft, the second draft, the third draft. I printed the drafts and gave them to, to him. Um, and he has not read it. And he, in one discussion with him, he said, I'm not going to read it, but people, other people will read it and they and will tell, tell me. me. Yeah. <laughs> 
So I, don't, I really don't know what he thinks about the book. I, I know that he was not very happy with the interview and his uh, objection was that I'm trying to do too many things. I'm trying to combine the historical, cultural aspect with his biography, with his philosophy about cinema and sort of blend them and that I should have uh, stuck only to one thing. He would have preferred the philosophy no. of cinema. Actually, so. I think that's the beauty of uh, Monica's book. So. I enjoyed very much this not compartmentalized uh, sections. So, because it's natural, and we would understand this argument, actually. No. You know, if you want to have a, a good look at his uh, work, you should not compartmentalize all these things. Yeah, no, no, they, I, I they don't think... They flow quite well together in, in your book. Yeah, I, I mean, think... I was I think um, I, I think his intention was good because he it was something that it was uh, was made very very fast and I'm trying not to do this again and I told him it's very difficult to work with a living moving target <laughs> because every time you try to interview and get something of that person's thing then the next time he has moved just a slightly here and slightly here so it's difficult to put something that's coherent. Um, and he's, at the end, he said, let's do a, uh, an interview in writing. And I did send him the question, but he was working on Sierra Nevada at the time. And nobody, at least, you know, when you produce something, it's a product. You have deadlines. You can't. Um, so I, I, he says, you know, next time. I will get um, several copies to Bucharest at the Center of Research um, oh, in Image you. Studies. And um, they have a society and media and film something uh, program. So yeah. it's not uh, one of uh, the To be honest, this is made yeah. with an American audience, with an yeah, international audience in mind. It's not made with a Romanian audience in mind. Um, and I had this problem with, I'm now working on Corneliu Porumboyu and another book on Corneliu. I, I've said I'm never doing you know, moving target uh, interviews, but I guess I'm getting into it again. Um, I've had this problem. Romanian critics say, oh, this is well known. Oh, you know, this is, why should you say this? Yes, it is well known for Romanians. It's not well known for people outside of Romania. So each, like a movie, at least this type of books are made with a certain audience in mind at some point. You can't do it for everybody, but then I, I think it doesn't work. So we are selling the book for $20, and I will ask Monica to sign uh, <laughs> at least mine. <laughs> so, thank you. Um, thank you. Thank you very much, Monica.